Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, Faith Covenant Church. I think we're going to throw some light on me. Great to have everyone here. I know we have a number of visitors here this morning, so glad to have you with us. Uh, we continue our series this morning uh, we're called Imagine More, where we are seeking to trust God immeasurably more for all we ask or imagine, especially as we gather, grow, and go in our church here at Faith Covenant Church. Today, we are going to focus on grow, and I'm going to start with a simple question. What gets in the way of our grow? What gets in the way of our grow? Jesus has revealed himself uh, through nature. I don't know if you know that, but, but nature is part of God's revelation. Romans 1 tells us that. Um, God has revealed himself in Christ. Jesus is the living word. And everyone likes nature, and everyone, for the most part, likes Jesus, whether you believe he's Lord or not. But where we struggle, I think what gets in the way of our grow is we don't want to spend quality time in God's word. Boom. Period. I think that's the main thing that gets in the way of our grow. We don't want to spend quality time in God's word. Why? I think we're intimidated, aren't we? And uh, I think when it comes to God's word, we would really like to take some shortcuts. Watch this. Ever wish for a Bible that was easy to read and easy to live out? Introducing the Feel Good Bible. Hi, I'm Jeff Gordon. No, not that Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon, founder and creator of the Feel Good Bible. Everyone knows the Bible is the most important book ever written. But guess what? It just got better. Let's face it. This version doesn't fit today's active lifestyle. Who has the time to meditate on this day and night? Jesus said his burden is easy and his yoke is light. Should not his book be also... Now here's a Bible that won't weigh you down. Our editors have been hard at work removing difficult and unsettling passages. Love your enemies? That's cut. Turn the other cheek? Gone! Pick up your cross and follow me. Bye-bye. Everybody loves a feel-good version of the Bible. Just ask my cousin Dougie. Um, now you might be asking, but Jeff Gordon, doesn't the Bible say we shouldn't take away or add anything to it? Not in my book. Now that's what I call a holy Bible. Call in the next 20 minutes and we'll send you our patented Beatitude Buster. Simply move the view screen over any red letter Bible and the words of Jesus magically disappear. I love my feel-good Bible. Order yours today. It's going to be hard to wipe that image out of your brain, I know. I'm sorry. All kidding aside, though, is that what we really want? Do we really want a lightweight word? If God is God, do we want something that really has no gravity? I don't think that's what we want. So what I would like to do today is, it's going to be a little different today. We're going to go on a journey, and in this journey, we are going to experience God through his word. We're going to debunk the myth that God's word has to be intimidating. And I promise you this, okay? 
I promise you by the end of our time this morning, you will have grown. I promise you that you will have actually experienced God in some way through his word. And it's very likely that you will finish this morning with some sort of intentional next step to grow in God's word this season. So let's get really simple. Let's start by simply remembering. Remembering why we are here. When God's church comes together to hear God through his word, this is not just an informational time. This is an experience with a living God who has revealed himself through his word and his spirit, the spirit of Christ, is here right now seeking to grow us through his word. Uh, God's word says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Life is kind of hard to navigate. We need a light. We need a lamp for our steps. But the Bible, God's word is not just uh, a flashlight. The Bible is actually food for our very being. Jesus in Matthew 4, 4, he says, let's read this together. No one can live only on food. People need every word that God has spoken. Meaning, God's word is actually necessary for our survival. Yes, we need water. Yes, we need food. But God's word is just as vital to living an abundant life. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to come to this time with a specific attitude. Living God what do you want to say to me or show me through your word? In fact, we're going to go to God right now. We're going to do right now one of the most supernatural things a, a church can do. We're going to pray. We're going to prepare our hearts through prayer before we continue on in God's word. In fact, we're going to take God's, we're going to pray God's word in this journey. Pray this with me, if you would. This is from Psalm 51. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's be still and let's be silent for a moment. If we don't get silent often in our culture. Let's be silent. If there is anything the Lord is shining a light on, in your life, some sin you have not confessed, God delights in our confession. And He has grace in it. So let's be still and quiet before God. Maybe you just want to pray, Lord, is there any sin I have not uh, confessed and dealt with? Let's be silent. God, we thank you for your grace. We, frank, we thank you for your spirit that guides us in repentance. We pray, holy God, that your spirit, the spirit of Christ, would lead us, guide us, and empower us. 
I'm going to ask you to continue to pray as we head into the next part of our passage here, our message. Pray Psalm 119 with me. You'll see the words on the screen. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we, we spent some time in prayer using God's word to prepare us for our journey here. What I'd like to do is we're going to look at, um, we're going to explore uh, eight verses from Psalm 119. And uh, just a real quick uh, note on Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm, and it's divided according to the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, there are 22 characters in the Hebrew alphabet. Psalm 119 is divided according to those characters. So would you please stand with me? And I'm going to ask you to join me out of reverence. Let us speak these words. And I think one of the things you'll find is they are a prayer as well. Here we go. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. You may be seated. Now, there's a, there's a lot there. Uh, we've explored eight verses from Psalm 119. Uh, we could spend the next eight weeks or eight months unpacking each of those verses. Let's do this instead. Let's choose one of those verses to focus on. I'd like us to choose uh, verse 2 from Psalm 119. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. What is that? Verse, what's that verse mean or imply? Let's take it one line at a time. Joyful are those who obey his laws. Now, I don't know about you, that seems kind of counterintuitive to me. Joyful are those who are obedient to God's laws. When I was going to school in fifth grade, there were rules in my, uh, my teacher's classroom. Happy seemed the ones who didn't obey the rules. <laughs> the kids who seemed to be having the most fun were the ones who were most disobedient to the laws in that particular classroom. And one of the things we see in our culture is we, we celebrate, actually, people who push the boundaries, push people who, uh, who are saying, you know, I'm, I've had enough with rule keeping. I'm not going to be a rule keeper. I'm going to be a rule breaker. Right? Happy are the disobedient, our culture says. Are we missing something? God's Word says joyful are those who actually obey God's laws. Now, about 15 years ago, a very interesting thing happened. I was living in Cottage Grove, uh, Minnesota, and um, 
I was serving a church there as one of the pastors, and a yeshiva school moved into Cottage Grove, Minnesota. A yeshiva school is an Orthodox Jewish school. Uh, if they took over an, a, 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 a Baptist church's building, that congregation had ceased to exist. And so suddenly in Cottage Grove, Minnesota, we have walking around uh, young men and, and rabbis wearing uh, a hat from their tradition uh, with, with uh, uh, curls in their beards and on the side of their faces and tassels hanging down. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it was, it was a fascinating uh, thing to see. Suddenly, we had all these Orthodox Jewish uh, gentlemen walking around Cottage Grove, Minnesota. And so uh, another pastor friend and I, we, we had this idea. What if we sat down with those rabbis, welcomed them to the community, and um, got to know them a little bit and asked them some questions. So I called up the rabbis and I said, is it okay if you know, I'm a pastor from the neighborhood? May we come in and, and, uh, and chat with you? They said, absolutely. So we came in. They gave us a tour of the school, which was fascinating, telling us all about the, the reason why the number of symbols around the, the building were there, etc. And, um, and then my friend and I, uh, we had asked them, is it okay if we just ask you about your faith? And they said, sure. So we had all these questions, and, and I'd love to tell you more about some of these questions. But one of the questions I want to share with you is uh, maybe a question you might want to ask them. In our uh, journey in Christianity, often we see God's law as a burden. And so I asked, uh, I asked one of the rabbis, I said, is Torah, and Torah is God's law, first, specifically the first five books of our Bible, is Torah, God's law, a burden. And they looked at me like I'd asked if their mothers were aliens. <laughs> and one of them said something I'll never forget. He said, Torah is a gift. Torah is what God has given our people to be a lamp for our feet, to be a light for our path. How could it be a burden? If we go back to uh, Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. It's helpful to remember that God has given us something to light the way. Yes, it's Jesus, but his word is part of his revelation. When you walk through a room, a dark room with a flashlight, it's very helpful to have that light because you don't bump into things. If you're walking through the forest in the middle of the night, it's very helpful to have a flashlight because then you don't fall off a cliff or walk into a bear's cave. Lights are very helpful. Panicked are those who are seeking to navigate a dark world without a light. Fear-stricken are those trying to Navigate culture without some sort of aid to help them walk a straight journey. But joyful are those who obey his laws. I mean, it's kind of an equation here. I think we can do this. I think we could say, okay, God's law plus obedience produces something. Joy. Have you discovered that God's word his, his, his light for our path. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. It, you actually experience joy in following God's ways. Let's look at the second line. Uh, 
The second is kind of a continuation of the first. Joyful, dot, 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 are those who search for God with all their hearts. Wow. If you search for God with all your heart, that produces something. It produces joy. Now here at Faith, we have what we call our pathways. Um, We gather, we grow, and we go. We're focusing right now on this center pathway there. There's a lot there. We'll unpack some of that as we go. But, But why do we want to grow? Is it because we want more religious knowledge? Is it because uh, it'd be helpful to impress your friends by all of your uh, religious feats of strength and your Bible knowledge? Is that why we want to grow? No, we want to grow because we want to experience more joy. And God's Word says, if you search for God with all your heart, that produces something. It produces joy. And if that's true, what's your plan to search for God with all your heart. Uh, If joy is the product of the intentional search for God, what's the intentional plan? What I see most often is a desire for joy, a desire to know God without accompanying intentionality. Let me invite up Kevin Zanker and Ryan Nyquist. These two gentlemen, give them a big round of applause. These two gentlemen are going to illustrate what I just talked about. Desire and intentionality somehow have to go together. Kevin, you are a marathon runner. You run with Team World Vision. Woohoo! Yeah. We support Team World Vision here at Faith Covenant Church. Kevin, how many marathons have you run? Uh, Twin Cities Marathon here in two weeks will be my ninth marathon. Wow. All right. And that's how many miles? 26.2. 26.2 miles. Kevin... A desire in my heart is in two weeks from today to run the Twin Cities Marathon. What do I have to do? Well, that's awesome. You want to do that. How's your uh, training been going? You need to train for it. I don't want to train. I really recommend that maybe you wait till next year to run. <laughs> um, I would, okay. Uh, I'm willing to put it off till next year, but I don't want to train. What do I do? Um, well, you're going to end up not finishing the race, and you're most likely going to hurt yourself. You really need to train. You need to put about six months worth of training in. Okay. Thank you, for, thank you Dr. Killjoy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you represent another deep desire of mine. Uh, yes. You are a ninja. <laughs> you... you, you, uh, you you, you actually, you're a black belt in karate. Yes. You're actually a fourth degree? Yes, that's correct. A fourth degree black belt in karate, Mr. Miyagi. Um, Ryan, I, uh, October 27th, I think it'd be great if I received a black belt in karate. Uh, what do I need to do? <laughs> October 27th of what year? <laughs> Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to receive my black belt uh, this year, and um, I, I, would, I would like maybe you could direct me to a YouTube video that I could watch <laughs> so that I can get a black belt. I mean, you could go to Amazon, you could purchase a black belt, but if it comes down to you and me at the flagpole after school, I mean, one of us is, you know, is clearly the true black belt in this. 
Is everyone noting here that the, the worship director wants, is challenging me to a fight? <laughs> it's all hypothetical. Don't call HR, please. Don't. Where's your money? I think it's going to be on him. Thank you. You have both illustrated my point very well. I mean, isn't it true? Our desire is, I want to know God. I want to have an experience with God. I want to know God deeply. I want the joy that comes from knowing God. I don't want to do anything really to do that. <laughs> or, I'll go to church once a week. You think about this. You know why, I'm, why I am not a good piano player? Because for the four years I took piano, I went to a lesson once a week and didn't, didn't practice for six days. Every, every week I'd show up and the teacher would say, did you practice? And I'd be like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> do I have the joy of playing the piano right now? I do not. <laughs> See, desire is great, but desire needs intentionality. Right? So, that being the case, uh, are you willing to take that desire to search for God and do so with your whole heart. Jeremiah 29, 13, one of my favorite verses. Um, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, here's the deal. God does not want to be an extracurricular activity for you. It, it doesn't make sense, right? I mean, God's God. He's the source of life. In fact, no one that you cherish in your life wants to be just an extracurricular activity for you, right? So God has an interest in our journey. When we search for him with our whole hearts, we find joy. So that being the case, what's your response? Yeah, how do you respond to this? The God says, search for me, obey me, you will find joy. What is God calling you today to do, change, or pray about? My challenge to you is to choose a focus area. Look again at, this, at this, uh, this journey here. What we've tried to do is simply try to simplify in one way or another uh, what might be some necessary steps for you growing and searching after God with your whole heart as you journey with uh, Faith Covenant Church. Uh, for example, maybe you're an alpha person. Uh, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, you know what, I just don't buy the whole Christianity thing, but I am curious. Or maybe you're here today and you're thinking, uh, I'm new to this Christianity thing. I really am kind of excited about knowing Jesus, but I still have so many questions. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, I've done the Christian journey for a long time and I feel like I'm living in the desert right now. I'm kind of dry as milk toast. I need something to help me to enliven my faith again. So we have this thing called Alpha. A safe place for you to ask any question you'd ever want to ask and to explore who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? What does it mean to have faith? Why should I read the Bible? How do I pray? Who's this Holy Spirit? Does God still heal today? Etc. 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 Watch this video. I'll tell you a little bit more about it. We all have that person in our lives. That neighbor we pass by every day outside our homes. That coworker we see at the office five days a week. Or those friends we catch up with every once in a while. 
people we wish could know and experience the love of God. How do we share it? Where do we even start? Deep inside, we know that it'll cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith. It takes time, vulnerability, sacrifice, the risk of rejection. But this is our call, to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. Because it's only through opening your life up that spaces for honest conversations are possible. Spaces where people can truly be themselves and explore the deepest parts of life with people they know and trust. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith. Because when it's hard to find the moment, or the words, or the courage, you can simply invite. Alpha, who will you invite? reality is life is simply too short not to deal with the big questions. If there is a God and this God says, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart, well, that's good news. Who are you going to invite to Alpha? Maybe it's yourself. Alpha starts this Wednesday. This Wednesday, 6 o'clock, an absolutely free meal and a great video with discussion time. I invite you to come. You can register on Realm. Uh, if you don't know what Realm is, just call the church office and they'll get you signed up. Uh, some other things I would like you to think about. Maybe you're saying, you know what, Alpha, that's not really my deal in this season of my life. Maybe an intentional step for you is simply coming to our 9 o'clock hour on a Sunday morning where we have a, a, a group going through uh, a discussion of the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. Uh, maybe you could come next week to the 9 o'clock service, and at 10.30, you could come and be a part of the journey that a group is going through in a book study called Why I Believe. Or uh, maybe you are part of a blended family. We have a group that we've just started at, during the 10.30 hour here at Faith, uh, all for uh, the, called the Smart Step Family. Maybe you want to join that. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, I want to go really deep. I want a big, comprehensive approach to my study of the Bible. Well, great. Come tomorrow night. Here at Faith Covenant Church at 7 o'clock, we have something called Community Bible Study for our community. So you could come to Community Bible Study. Or maybe you're a woman and you're thinking, I would like to connect with other women in God's Word. Where's the women's ministry? It happens Tuesday morning. It happens Wednesday night at 6.30. You can be a part of their their group called Here I Am, responding when God calls your name. Or maybe this is the season you discover shape. And shape is, is that class that we offer two times a year where you get to wrestle with how has God shaped me to serve him by loving God and loving others. Or, one of my favorite Grove Ministries is something called Discovery Bible Experience. What is DBE? Discovery Bible Experience enables followers of Christ to discover what God is saying to them through the Bible and how they can apply what they learn to their lives. Discovery Bible Experience was created by our own Rick Drank, one of the missionaries we support. In fact, uh, much of what I've said this morning is, comes out of Discovery Bible Experience. What is Discovery Bible Experience? 
It's really the process we've been going on. You start and you remember why you're coming to God's Word. You prepare and you pray as you attend to God's Word. Then you explore four to eight verses. And then you choose one of those passages to go even deeper. And then you think about, okay, God, what are you, what are you calling me to do? What's my response to this? DBE is one of the simplest yet most profound ways I've discovered to experience God through His Word. Again, it's happening uh, Wednesday nights starting at 6.30 p.m. Outside of Alpha, everything on our Wednesday grow night starts at 6.30. 6 o'clock Alpha, everything else is at 6.30. We have small groups doing Discovery Bible Experience in their homes. The Discovery Bible Experience this season is going through 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And one of the things I like about Discovery Bible Experience is it's easy to do one-on-one with another person. If you go back to our, um, our Pathways slide there, can you get me there, Susan? Yeah, the very top circle. Here at Faith we say, uh, we are disciples making other disciples. Disciples are made best one-on-one. Discovery Bible Experience is a great tool I've learned So let's say, for example, I was arrested today, and I was sentenced to life in prison. (laughs) You never see me again. Discovery Bible Experience actually has given me a process that I can share the Bible with my cellmate, (laughs) and they can learn to grow. All I need is a Bible and a piece of paper. Discovery Bible Experience will help me do uh, uh, walk with someone through the journey of the Scriptures Anywhere for the rest of my life, one-on-one. And that's my challenge to all of our groups, is what your group doing, is it equipping you to equip others? Uh, Discovery Bible Experience. First and Second Peter, leaders, you can get your uh, Discovery Bible Experience books in the fireside room this morning. Now, one of the ways we're going to end this morning is one of the ways we end Discovery Bible Experience. Follow through. What's your follow through as you've been listening to all this? When we experience God through his word, the Holy Spirit calls us to intentionally respond. The joy is going to come through actually following through. Proverbs 4, 7 says, Now whatever else you do, follow through to understanding. Okay, so we've said, Joyful are those who obey God's law. Joyful are those who search for him with all their hearts. That being the case, what's your follow-through? What is it going to look like for you to move you know, from uh, desire to intentionality to actually doing something? My request, my charge as your pastor, don't Sell everything you have and go join a monastery this week. (laughs) But choose one area in which to focus. If you think of all that we talked about this morning, choose just one place to focus in this season. I'll close with this story. Um, I have a cousin who has a son who's a jazz pianist. His name is Joe, Joe Clifton. Uh, If you heard Joe play the piano... He's 21 years old. You'd say, wow, Joe is a very good jazz pianist. Near the end of Joe's time at North Park University where he was getting his, uh, his uh, degree in music, he signed up to be an apprentice 
of an older jazz musician. What's a disciple? A disciple is an apprentice. So Joe essentially said, I'm going to disciple myself for a season under this jazz guitarist. This jazz guitarist, his name is kind of a legend in Chicago. His name is Bobby Broom. Okay? And so uh, what would happen is once a week for a semester, Joe would come and uh, sit with Bobby Broom in a studio and they would play jazz. And uh, during these sessions, Bobby Broom quickly noticed that Joe had a problem. He couldn't keep time. And so, as, and he was quite a good pianist, uh, but as they would play together, Joe would slow down, and then he'd speed up, and he'd slow down, and he'd speed up. He was back and forth in the tempo all the time. And so, Bobby stopped him and said, Time out. You, you don't know how to play in time. All right, you need to figure out a way to, to stay in time. So I want you to tap your foot. And so they would start to play, they'd particular, uh, pick a particular tempo, and Joe, who could do all these things on the keys, had to learn how to do the simple thing of just tapping his foot in time. In fact, for the whole semester, that was Bobby's focus for Joe. All I want you to do is learn how to tap your foot. And he'd actually yell at him. And Joe Joe told me he was brought to tears a couple times because Bobby would say, No! Stop it! You have to learn to stay in time. Tap your foot. Think about Mr. Miyagi, you know, with Daniel LaRusso and the Karate Kid. There were just certain times where you have to focus on one thing. Sand the floor. Wax on, wax off. Paint the fence. Tap the foot. So, here's the question. What's your tap the foot this season? I'm not asking you to become a jazz musician this season, a jazz musician disciple. I'm asking you to focus on one thing, to grow. Because when you learn how to tap the foot, you learn how to play well with the master, right? If you don't know how to stay in tempo with the master... You won't be able to play well with the master. So what's your tap the foot? Let's pray. Holy God, we are grateful for your word. We're grateful that you invite us. We don't have to do this. We get to. We are so grateful, God, for this revealed word. We're grateful for Christ, Jesus, the living word. We're grateful for the spirit, the living Christ that helps us interpret your word. We're grateful for the church, that wonderful jazz ensemble you've invited us to play in. Lord, we want to play according to your temple. So I pray, God, you give each of us discernment for what it means this season to search for you with our whole heart. We ask this in your name. Amen. One thing I forgot to mention, men's ministry is doing Discovery Bible Experience Wednesday nights as as well. So please join us if you want to go with other men through the journey of First and Second Peter. Final thing I'm going to share with you, I know I've given you a lot this morning. That's okay, you're really smart people. 
Hear me, Faith Covenant Church. I'm going to talk about this and plead with you right now. (laughs) There is a thing we have in our culture. We live in the most biblically illiterate culture in the history of our country. So many of us, and you're not alone. So many of us have different pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that is God's story. You know, we know a little bit about Solomon. We know a little bit about Moses. We know a little bit about Saul. We know a little bit about um, Mary and Martha and Ruth and and, uh, uh, Lydia. But we don't know how each of these pieces fit together to make the whole picture. So that when we come together to talk about the picture, not all of us really know what the picture looks like. And so, with that in mind, we have chosen, and this, this fall to do something next week. It's just one day. In three hours, you're going to learn the grand journey of the Old Testament, the wonderful arc of the narrative of the Old Testament uh, through something called Walk Through the Bible. My last video this morning. Watch this. God wrote a book, a love letter from himself to his people. Through the Walk Through the Bible live event, our prayer is that we ignite a passion from God's Word into your heart. From the youngest person to the oldest, these events have proven to build excitement and desire for God's Word. Please join us and attend the upcoming Walk Through the Bible live event so you can know and understand the love letter God wrote to us, the Bible. It exceeded my expectations. This experience of the walk through the Bible has been awesome. It makes me want to read my Bible more. It's made me want to read my Bible more. It really re-sparks my desire to read the Bible. It is fun. You get to be around fun people of a like-minded faith. You won't get this anywhere else. It's quite amazing. (laughs) Walk through the Bible is a great experience for anyone 8 to 98. If you somehow find yourself in between that age range, I hope to see you next Saturday morning, 9 a.m. I promise you, if you do not have a great experience and not only have fun, you'll get your money back. All right? It's $10 a person, $25 for a family. You can sign up online on Realm. Woo! We are done. I'm going to ask you to stand.